literally meaning to suffer together. Compassion is something that combines our pro-social nature with our internal emotional state. Compassion arises when we encounter someone else's suffering, whether that be direct pain or simply a circumstance, and then feel motivated to do something about it. Welcome to the sixth episode of the third season of The Mystery of Your Mind. My name, as always, is Edward Thomas, and this episode is all about compassion, what it is, and how it manifests itself in each of our lives. This season, we've explored both empathy and altruism. And while similar to compassion, they're not quite the same. Compassion requires a level of empathy for others, but it requires us to also feel driven to do something about it. And while being altruistic definitely makes us do something about issues, Compassion is what motivates that action, but it isn't the determining factor in whether or not we can be altruistic. Recent research suggests that, like empathy, altruism, and general prosocial behavior, compassion too may have an evolutionary purpose. When we feel compassion, our heart rate lowers, we produce oxytocin, the quote-unquote bonding hormone, and brain regions that are associated with empathy and caring become more active. This combo can make us actually want to approach others, form that connection through helping them, and gain a sense of personal satisfaction. Compassion becomes a super interesting phenomenon when wealth comes into play, though. Most people have heard of how wealthy people tend to give a lot more money off to charity, which, while it seems like the right thing to do, might not be quite as meaningful as when those of lower socioeconomic statuses choose to donate. Middle and lower class people are more likely to give higher proportions of what money they have to charity, and poorer individuals are more likely to consistently donate and help those than wealthy people. One reason that scholars have pushed out as a possible reason as to why focuses on the lack of institutional support and barriers to the living. Those who've lived in those sorts of conditions and environments are more likely to form stronger social bonds and a recognition. Those who've actually lived in those sorts of environments and situations are more aware of the need of those people who are in them. And as a result, they're able to form stronger bonds and actually use what they know to recognize and help those who need it. We're able to bond together when we face a mutual threat and feel compassion to help each other in that moment. The vagus nerve is a pretty well-studied part of our nervous system because it's deeply related to our ideas and concepts of compassion and warmth. Consistently throughout studies, poor people have stronger vagus nerve response than rich people, suggesting that wealth reduces our social warmth when we're exposed to situations and stimuli that are designed to kind of invoke that sense of compassion and empathy for others. Especially in modern developed societies where class-based discriminations are ubiquitous and the wealthy explain class disparities as innate faults of the poor, compassion may be something that we need to revisit and learn more about to truly be able to apply it to our everyday lives. However, compassion itself seems to be innate. Some have even gone as far as to describe it as an instinct. 
Since compassion, like other prosocial behaviors, increases survival and reproductive success, it's pretty likely that the trait, at least somewhat, is biological. Though, of course, social and environmental impacts like wealth or growing up in an individualistic versus collectivist society can greatly change our definition of compassion and how exactly we express it. A great example of environmental and social impact on compassion is by looking at how men and women rate their compassion. Women are more likely to report themselves being compassionate than men, yet there isn't really any difference in anatomy or function of the brains between men and women to suggest that that's a likely case. A far more likely explanation, therefore, is in the socialization process of men and women. For example, in childhood, many girls are given toys, like dolls, which they grow up caring for, tending to, and in a way, nurturing. Boys, on the other hand, are given superhero figurines that fight or protect others. This difference might be what affects how we communicate compassion, but not necessarily what determines how much we truly express. But... As with all things, especially all things in psychology, there isn't a clear, definitive answer for everything. A study by Roberto Mercadillo from the National Autonomous University of Mexico used fMRI scanning to see how men and women's brains differ when they did experience that compassion. Mercadillo found that while the structure is nearly identical between male and female brains, the regions of the brain that are activated are different. Perhaps it's how children are raised. Perhaps it's a difference in the wiring of the brain. We need a lot more research to say anything for sure at this point. The Dalai Lama in 2013 said that women are naturally more compassionate than men, which, while all evidence about brain structure seems to point against the Dalai Lama, might be true in that we perceive women as more compassionate because we associate the qualities of compassion with feminine terms and ideas. For example, most people consider qualities like being nurturing, kind, or having emotional warmth as what makes people compassionate. But there are lots of other forms of compassion, like putting yourself in danger to help others or to provide for those around you. Compassion might just be expressed differently, because of our social conditioning. Women having more of a nurturing compassion, while men having more of a fierce and protective compassion. Compassion is something that we have to investigate further, read more about, and explore deeper to fully grasp its complexity. It isn't quite empathy, and it's affected in part by altruism. It doesn't seem to differ between men and women, but society might enforce compassion to be expressed extremely differently between the two. And lots of other factors, like social class and class segregation, emphasize the difference in compassion that people have and affect what it means to truly support those who need it most. Compassion is a mystery yet to be solved. Thank you so much for listening to the sixth episode of the third season of The Mystery of Your Mind, a podcast all about who we are, what we are, and truly what our purpose is in this world. Thank you so much for listening once again, and before you go, I want to direct you to a couple of links in the description.
In the description, you'll see a link to my podcast's Instagram, at The Mystery of Your Mind. You can follow my Instagram to get all the latest updates and behind the scenes about this podcast, where it's going, and how it's been. Also, be sure to check out this podcast's website. Remember to rate and review this podcast on whichever podcast platform you're using if you love it just as much as I do. It helps this podcast grow and expand to other listeners so that they too can learn more about the crazy world that they live in.